Hey, good morning, City Lights Church. Today we start a brand new series on the book of Philippians. This is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church of Philippi. And for the next four weeks, we're going to take a detailed look at each chapter and what this looks like for the church today. The book of Philippians was written by the Apostle Paul around AD 61 or 62. And what I love about this letter is that some letters that Paul wrote, for example, to the Galatians and Colossians, was a response to a crisis going on. But this letter to Philippians expressed his affection and his appreciation for this local body of believers. This weekend, my wife Errol and I are taking a much needed break and getting some rest. So I've asked Derek McCarter, our church plant intern, to open up the series. Derek and his wife Brittany are planning Shift Church in the South Knoxville community. They've made a great impact on our church. We've grown to love them deeply. So if you're not familiar with Derek, if you've not had an opportunity to meet him, he's an incredible man. And if you will, please welcome Derek McCarter to the stage. Good, good morning. Isn't that like the best looking man you've ever seen on, your, on TV before? Hey, listen, I couldn't, I couldn't help but just be so thankful for Peyton and you guys and what you mean to our family and what you mean to um, Shift Church. I just want to let you know some updates real quick before I dive into this. You know, um, you know, Shift Church, we, we, we started coming here to City Lights um, as an intern about 16 months ago. It's hard to believe it's been 16 awesome months that you've got to see this. Huh? No, I'm just kidding. Um, y'all have been y'all have been so amazing. But I kind of wanted to give you an update. You know, we've been we've been meeting for for some months now, and we have a preview service coming up on Good Friday. We're really excited about that. Um, but one of the things I'm most excited about was this: we did one our last large gathering that we did, um, which is past Sunday. Um, is we're sitting there, and, and Brittany was over here, which Brittany's Brittany's my wife. She's hot. She's awesome. Uh, um, she she she's over here talking to this to this to this girl, and Brittany rushes over to me and goes, "Hey, you gotta you gotta come talk to her. You gotta come talk to her." And I'm like, "I have other stuff to do, like wash my hands and stuff." And about she's like, "No, just come here, come here, and talk to her." And so I went over and talked to her. We started talking. She started talk, this girl started talking about all this life change that's happening in her since she's been a, um, a part. Of, she's been coming to some some small group gatherings that we've been doing and. Um, she's talking about some life change stuff that's happening in her in her life, and she's like, "Man, I just I just feel like my next step is baptism." So next Sunday, Shift Church gets to do their first baptism, and so it's like I'm more I'm more excited about that than I could be about anything else. Like that's what it's about seeing life change in somebody. You know, like in, from the songs that we sang this morning. You know, you are worthy of it all. So we are the sons and daughters of of God. Hey, listen, we got we got something to live for. We got something to live for. And I like, I just kind of want to set the table for us out of the book of Philippians. And um, we're going to spend some time with over the next few weeks. It's going to be really amazing because you're going to be able to look at verse by verse and really get the context and the meaning of what Paul was writing here in Philippians and get to chew that up a little bit. But I wanted us just to be encouraged today that it's possible. Like, it's absolutely possible, and this is the title of our sermon, to live free and fully alive. To live free and fully alive. Like, I don't know if this is something that anybody's hoping for or looking for, but it's one thing that we've been praying for over the next few weeks, that we would just, that we would leave from City Lights Church free. Free from the chains that bind us. And that, and that, I don't know, I don't know what's, what's on you right now, what you've walked in here with, or what's holding you down, but I'm like, does somebody in here need some hope this morning? Maybe, maybe for somebody, we need to be set free. 
See, what we're hoping is that freedom rings out in these moments. That we don't just come in here, like it would be a waste of time for us just to come in here and walk out with the same chains that bind us. It's time for us to be set free and that we live fully alive. That we wouldn't be just business as usual. Um, That this wouldn't be just a church that rises up and is business as usual, fellowship of Jesus. But it would be something that something would stir in us. Like it really would be full force. I'm all in. Like I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to give it my all. Because... I know we're in church and this may just seem like church talk, but I really believe that you can turn Clinton upside down. I'm not talking City Last Church. I'm talking you. You, Sabrina. You could turn Clinton upside down. Well, I'm talking individually. Hey, forget Clinton. I believe you can turn the world upside down and reach people that you never thought you were able to reach. But we have to live free and fully alive. This is what I mean. Like, I believe that we have to be awakened to the reality that's found in Philippians 1.27 that says this. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. A.K.A. or this, what this stands for is, hey, we got to live our life for something that matters. See, oftentimes we get so distracted by things that really don't matter. Well, I don't like that music. I don't, I, don't like that, I don't like his style of preaching. or I don't like this. No, no, it's not about that. That stuff doesn't matter. That, that, that means nothing. But if we really lived our lives in a way that would matter, we'd, awake, we'd, be, we'd awaken some people's hearts in Clinton and in Tennessee and the United States. So we, I believe sometimes we get caught up on short-term things that we lose what is in front of us. We get distracted from the things that are most important to us. I just want to make sure that we make our lives count for something that matters. See, when I was preparing this sermon, like I was going a whole different direction. Have you ever had one of those moments where you kind of feel like, this is what I want to, what I want to do, or this is what I want to talk about, or whatever, and then like the, it changes? Like, you're, like you have this argument in your head while you're taking a shower that you're going to have with a person. Like you're like, man, I, I'm going to beat them down with this argument. I'm going to win. And then you show up to have the argument with the person. And they're like, hey, man, I'm sorry for the way you treat me. You're like, that was a waste of my time. You know? Wasted that whole argument. I'll use it for the next person. Uh, like I was, getting, I was getting this sermon ready, and I was going to talk about this whole different thing. And then I got distracted in a good way. It was like Jesus was asking me, it was like he was asking, what is, why are you getting so distracted with things that don't matter? And I just had to ask Jesus in that moment, like, would you, would you let your presence be so real in my life that it would drown out all the desires of every single thing that doesn't matter in the end? Because if we fast forward to the end of the book, guess who's there? Jesus. It hits all that matters. Can we just be a church that prays that God's spirit is so strong that it's, that just eliminates all the things that don't matter? You see, we believe that Jesus is the greatest person in history and in eternity. And his fame and his name is the desires, at least, of our hearts. His name and his renown is what we lift up. That's all about Jesus, not me, not Peyton, not you. Sorry. But Jesus... In the end, all that matters is that he is glorified. 
all this other stuff that we proclaim that is great will one day be the future stuff of garage sales, dumps, and garbage heaps. The only thing that will remain is Jesus. See, and I understand living this idea of a distracted life. See, I've spent years in ministry being distracted from what really matters. I think a lot of the frustrations I had in ministry came because I was focused on things that didn't matter. And I would hate for us, for me and for you, for City Lights and for you guys sitting in this room as individuals to lose track and waste your life on things that don't matter. Like, I pray you make your life count for something so much bigger. I pray that we learn to live our lives for the name that really matters. That when we leave this earth, our lives didn't count for any lesser name but the name that is above every name, and that's Jesus. You see the repetition here? Like, I want to make sure it drives home with you that it's not about you. It's not about your comfort, not about what you want. It's about Jesus. Because sometimes God's going to put us in some uncomfortable places to bring us closer to him. See, I believe today is the first day of the rest of our lives. This is the first second of the rest of our lives. And I truly believe this morning, maybe for some of us, we just need to be set free. Maybe, maybe you're, not, you're not a follower of Christ yet. You just need to be set free. You're like, man, I, I, lo- I love the, the idea of being set free. Well, listen, that person that can set you free this morning, his name is Jesus. You can try to go find freedom in everything else. It's just going to chain you up even more. But there's freedom found in Jesus. So here's, here's the deal. We get a perfect, perfect picture of this. And, you know, I'd say I said it was the first day of the rest of your life. Well, we get a, a picture of the first day. Of the, we get a picture of this in the first chapter, in the first verse, in the first word in Philippians 1.1. Go ahead and put it up there. Somebody tell me what the first word is. Let's do it again. Paul. You're like, what's the, that's, that's a name. I mean, that's just Derek, that's just him saying, hi, my name's Paul. I'm writing to, a letter to you. But I think you missed it. Because this is Paul. It's him saying, I'm Paul. You know who used to be Saul? The enemy of God? I actually used to go around killing you Christians. And God changed me. He resurrected me. He made me something new. He set me free from the chains. Hey, I'm Paul. You know the one who stood by when Stephen was being stoned and I, and I, like, I approved it? Hey, that's, that's me. And now I'm here. God, he resurrected my life and changed it. He changed my name to show me and remind me every time I said, hey, I'm Paul and I'm writing you this letter, that there's freedom found in Jesus. Hey, I'm Paul a fellow follower of Jesus who used, to, who used to be really, 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 really bad and did some really crappy things. But Jesus changed me. He set me free. That's the gospel. A gospel in name. Like, he, it's, it's Paul saying, I once, I once, I once was an enemy of God. I'm Paul, you know, who used to be an enemy of God. And God changed me. The gospel is in my name. Like, I wonder if it still shot to the roof when he, when, he, when he wrote that. Can you imagine, like, being that transformed 
that God changes your name and you have to write it down all the time. Like that would like get me excited. You know, I love my name Derek. Okay. But if Jesus gave me a new name, you talk about like, you know, gold chains, I'd have it hanging down here, you know like. But let me ask you this. We don't picture ourselves being enemies of God, do we? Like, I don't do anything bad. Like, I mean, I may, I may say some Christian cuss words every once in a while. Well, I'm not an enemy of God. I don't hate God. But we're all enemies of God, just like Paul was. And that same power that saved God can set you free, too. Like, How many, anybody in here, anybody in here ever killed any Christians in the name of freedom? I don't think so. So like if Jesus could save him, why couldn't he save you? Like Paul's history was worse than ours and Jesus rescues him. So just stay with me here for a minute. Let me just, let me ask you this question. How many of your sins were future sins when Christ went to the cross? all of them and if theology and doctrine is correct if Jesus is outside of time meaning time has no hold on him aka today is not a day he just knew about back then but today is a day he was when he was on the cross he knew how screwed up we would be and he still made a way that, that's amazing like he knew how screwed up Paul would be and he still made a way he knew how screwed up he would be how really screwed up I would be and he still made a way. Here's Paul, and then we'll keep going. Here's Paul, the story of the gospel in just my name alone. This is Paul saying, I was an enemy of God, much like me and you. And we may still feel like we're not enemies, but here's, here's what his name tells us. It says this, this is the gospel, the good news that invades dark places. For news to be good, it has to penetrate something bad. The gospel is that there is this infinite, almighty, all-knowing, all-powerful God who created all things for his glory. And you and I have belittled that glory. Every one of us at one time or another or actually currently believe that our way is better than God's. And we may not say that, but we live that. Paul lived that. And we do this, we fail to acknowledge giving glory for the gifts he's given us. We question his rule and his authority in our lives with the brains he gave us to think with and the air in our lungs that he gave us to breathe with. See, this is the great blasphemy of the universe. It's all the point. It's the whole point of Romans chapter 1. So we belittle God and God being just right and holy is not going to allow belittlement of his name. Remember, this is us. But then something miraculous happens. He shows us or gives to us his grace by sending his son in the flesh, Christ, and crushing him. And in so doing, pours out wrath against us unto his son, killing him. Then God raises him from the dead, and the same power that raised Christ from the dead is now at work in those who believe. This is what that means. The same power that rose Christ from the dead now lives in you, or who could live in you, if you want to be set free. That is a story behind Paul. Like We could just stop there, I think, and just be like, that's good enough for me. Like just the idea of like he changed his name, this resurrection power in that first word of the first verse of the first chapter of Philippians. And I think this is what sets up the rest of what he writes 
Sorry that I did that little spell, but here we go. Philippians 1. Isn't God good, though, that he, like, even when we were far off, he wanted to reconcile us and bring us back to him? Like, that's the, like, that's the greatest story ever told. Like, we were far off, and he loved you so much that he wanted to bring you closer. However he could do that, and he had to send his son. He saved us through that, his blood, his sacrifice. That just boggles my mind. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who Philippi, with the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ because grace and peace can be found nowhere else, no other name. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in, always in every prayer of mine, for you, for, you all making, for you all making my prayer with joy because you have you, of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I am sure of this, that he who began, like this, is, like this is awesome, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Let me, let me read that again. I am sure of this, like no doubt, no doubt this, that he who brings a good work will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. What this means is if you're not dead, he's not done with you. If you're not dead, he's not done. This also means that, hey, listen, there's some days you're going to doubt whether he has you or not. No, this verse like, kind of tells us, hey, no, hey, he has you. He's holding you. He's not going to let you go. No matter what circumstances you find yourself in, no matter what, what direction you go in, no, you're his. And he's never like, he, he is working on you. And one day when you stand before God, you're going to be completed. The work that he began in you will be completed. Like that just, you know. So I do a lot of that stuff, all right? So verse seven. Is it right for me to feel this way about you all? Because I hold you in my heart. For you are partakers with me of grace, both in, in, my, in, the, in my what? No, wait a minute. Like he said all this good stuff. Like, yeah, I can get behind that. Like he's going to hold me. He's going to, you know, it's great. I his name, salvation comes. What, you're in prison? And you're writing this? What the? Prisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I yearn for you all with affections of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your, that your love may abound more and more. With knowledge and all discernment, so that you, that you may approve what is excellent and be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, the glory and the praise of God. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. So what's happened to him? He's in jail. He's in prison. I don't know if you know the story. I don't know if you know the story of, of Paul here. But he was a prisoner of Rome at this time, okay? And during the, it was during the reign of Nero, one of the pharaohs that absolutely just like hated Christians. Like there was, you know that story of Rome catching fire? Or Nero blamed it on the Christians. And so what he would do, he would gather up all the Christians and he would burn them at the stake at night to be a lamp for the streets. That's the kind of stuff they were going through. This is where Paul is in prison. And not only that, here is Paul who's been shipwrecked three times. Like, and bitten by a snake when he got to an island. 
the, you know, after the sh- sh- like, at what point does Paul go, God, I'm doing your work? He never complains, does he? Man, boy, do we complain about stuff, right? We let like a hangnail distract us from what God's called us to. Now, like yesterday, um, Brittany started really complaining about, I'm just kidding, it wasn't Brittany. It was Lyric, my daughter. Like, I took Zane, my son, up to stay at his friend's house and got back home and I said, hey, Lyric, we're going to go on a daddy-daughter date and we're going to go see Beauty and the Beast. Hey, listen, I'm a guy and I'm saying, dude, that was a good movie. Uh, but this is also coming from a guy who legitimately liked the Spice Girls. Um, and I'm not talking about just because they were pretty ladies, which they were. I'm talking about I really enjoyed their music. Huh? Like, it was so bad that I got, you know those book fairs at school where they feel, that you feel like you get a free book? Well, I got the Spice Girl biography and filled out the application in the middle of it to be a Spice Girl, mailed it in, and they sent me back a Spice Girl's name. I don't remember it, but I was like, they told me to wait, 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 like to be practicing. They're going to come pick me up from tour, and I'm still waiting. Okay? So if they ever do a reunion tour, they better holler. Huh? This is also the guy who, you know, like, cried during the movie Princess Diary. You know, when she's laying in the car and she's like, catch a falling star and put it in your pocket. Like, that, that's me. So you can call me a girl later. It's all right. But it, was, it was a good movie. Right? We went to the 715 showing of it. And I did, Daddy didn't realize that it was like a two-hour and ten-minute movie. Okay? So if you go watch it, make sure you don't have any plans later on that day. So we go and watch it. It's like 10 o'clock, a little after 10 when we get home. And earlier in the day, I told Lyric, yes, Lyric, I will play this game with you. I will play this game with you. We went to watch this movie and it's after 10 o'clock and hey, daddy's preaching in the morning. Daddy needs to go to sleep. And she's, but daddy, you said you'd play with me. So I spanked her. And I'm just kidding. I said, okay. I said, all right, let's play this game. We'll do a couple. And it's this weird game. Like, you flip the card over, and it tells you, like, always do this action when somebody does something. Like, I got one that was, like, hop on one foot when somebody says your name. So she kept saying my name. So I was like, can you stop? You know? But she was complaining, right? It was like, like, I'm sitting there going, I do the same stuff. Like, that game really didn't matter. What she wanted was me to spend time with her. Right? The game really wasn't that important. So we complain so much about things. And here's Paul in prison. Circumstances are crazy. Right? Like, if I was in prison, I'd be trying to think of a way to get out. And here he is writing a letter to a church, not saying, get me out of here. He's saying, hey, listen, let me show you. This is what it is. Verse 13. I'm going to switch it over there. This is amazing. So he's in jail. He's in prison. It says this. Like, you know, well, go back to 12, actually. Let me, let me just set this back up. Back, yeah. I want, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. What? What's happened? It's verse 13. So that it has become known through the whole imperial guard and to the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. Now, wait a minute. I can, I can just imagine Paul. This is like, this is Paul's going, Paul going, going like, um, 
like I, I was trying to figure out a way to go talk to the Imperial Guard. I just couldn't figure out how to do it. So I just got myself arrested, and now here we go. I got, I got in. I'm, I'm sharing the gospel. Like, it just blows my mind. Like, like it's just like, I mean, verse 14 says this, and most of the brothers having become, become confident in the Lord by, by my imprisonment are much more bold to speak the word without fear. So here is Paul in prison. He's been shipwrecked. He's been all this other stuff. He might be burned at the stake. Who knows at this point? Because it's Nero, and Nero's crazy. And he's saying, I'm not really worried about all that. All I know is that I was arrested, and now this whole imperial guard knows Jesus. And so here's, here's, here's the note if you, want, if you want to write down something. Circumstances cannot stop God from doing what he is going to do in us. Like, I don't know what you're going through, and I don't want to make light of what, what's going on in your life. Like it's, like, it's not like, like, I don't want you thinking that I'm like, what? like, you don't really have any problems. No, I believe you have problems, but it shouldn't stop us from what God's going to do. Sometimes it's in our darkest hour that God can move the most. And here's the second thing. Cir- circumstances cannot stop us from living free and fully alive. And here's the thing. Sometimes when us Christians are going through some circumstances, we get so, like, hum-dumb about it, don't we? Like, our life sucks, you know? When no, our joy should be set in something, like, sturdier than that. Our joy, like, happiness is based on happenings, right? Things are going to happen, and we're going to lose our happiness, but our joy is in something that's steadfast. That's what Paul's saying. Hey, listen, my joy is in the cross and what the cross means to me, and there's nothing going to come in my way that's going to keep me from being, being on my mission and living out my purpose. See, for us to live free and fully alive, I believe we have to embrace this. That come, what, come what may, we're going to keep living our lives in a way that the person that lives next to us, they're going to see the gospel. If my house burns down, hey, listen, praise God, Jesus is going to get me a new one. Hey, listen, I, don't, I know my house is burnt down right now, but listen, my hope is in Jesus. I know everything else in my life is shattering and falling apart, but I, my Savior is Jesus, and one day I'm going to have a home. It's going to be on Gold Street number three, and it's going to be amazing. Our hope is set and our joy is set in something that's eternal, not in things, our circumstances. Circumstances cannot stop us from living free and fully alive. And we only get that with Jesus. So let's keep going. Some indeed preach Christ from, every, from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict my, in, me and my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and that, and that I rejoice. Yes, I will rejoice. It's like, hey, listen, there's some people out here doing ministry that is doing it for the wrong reasons. But hey, it's Paul saying Jesus, like, Jesus is still being proclaimed. He's rejoicing the fact that Jesus is out there. And this is, this is one of my favorite, and all this, I mean, there's some good stuff in here, but this is one of my favorite things. For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will, not, this will turn out for my deliverance. Like, whether I stay or whether I go, I'm delivered in where I'm at. As it is my eager expectation and hope, that I will not be ashamed, that I will, I will with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For me to live as Christ is, is to die, and, and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. 
and which, which shall I choose? I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. Like, amen, hallelujah. Right? But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. See, he knew that people's lives mattered. Yeah, he desired to be with Jesus. That's what he wanted, but he wanted to make sure his life counted for something that mattered. And that was the people here in Philippians. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for the progress and the joy and the, and the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glorify in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so whether I come and see you or I'm, I am absent, I may hear and what I may hear of, of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side, faith of the gospel. I can imagine Paul standing here with some guards like, listen, we're going to kill you. If you don't shut up, we're going to kill you. Well, all right, that just means I get Jesus. Well, then we're going to make you stay here in this cell. Okay, well, all your guards are going to become Christians too. Okay, well, then we're going to kill you. No, 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 it's okay. I'll be with Jesus. That's far better. Well, then, okay, we're going to keep you in this. We're going to keep you in this jail. Well, you know, like, that's okay because, like, this guy I'm chained to, I've already talked to him about Jesus. He knows Jesus. Like, you weren't going to bring this man down because he knew that he wanted to make sure his life counted for something that matters. And I'm just sitting here wondering, does your life really count for something that matters? Are you living in a way that your life counts? That's the question. Like, you're like, man, Derek, I've heard all this before. This is great news. That's great church talk. You make your life count for something. Yeah. Rock and roll. But we don't really see that, do we? Let me give you an example. I'm going to give you, like, this can really happen. Let me, get, let me tell you the story, okay? There's this kid. Um, well, I was a youth pastor at in Granger County. And if, listen, if family's watching this, of this kid, I, listen, I, I, I want to thank you guys for the inspiration that, you, that your kid has had on my family but, and me. But there's this kid in Granger County. He was known as J-Dub, but his real name was Joshua John. Okay? Six-year-old kid had cancer. He went through all kinds of craziness. Right? He had, he had cancer. I'm not really sure what kind of cancer he had, but it was like, it was, it was just, you, you watched this cancer progress this kid because his family set up this prayers for Joshua John page on Facebook. And you can still go and view the page. But this kid who had cancer, who was in pain all the time, you'd get on there and you'd see videos of him going, some glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away. This like six-year-old kid saying, hey, listen, I know I'm sick. I know I'm hurting. But my hope is in a Savior that can rescue me one day, whether in life or death. That is not going to stop me from living free and fully alive. This kid, had, like, apparently cancer can't stop you from living that way. Like, he was always so joyful in the videos. and But here's the thing. A couple weeks ago, he passed away. And you would expect, you know, like, some people, I mean, it was, it was sad. 
but the joy that came out of it because he had reached so many people far beyond like his imagination. Thousands of people on his Facebook page who was inspired by a kid who lived his life for what mattered most. And that was sharing the good news of Jesus at six years old. What excuse do you have? You're like, Derek, that's one of those cool kid stories, you know, tug at the heart. Good job, you got me, a little tear, you know. Okay. Two weeks ago, there's this, some family friends of mine I'm from the church I used to be at, like, I got to serve alongside them. Um, their dad and grandfather and father-in-law passed away. His name was Avery Turley. Okay? And just to kind of tell you some backstory of this, of this guy, he was, I think he was in his 70s and maybe, maybe a little bit older, and he had been a pastor for years. Okay? And I remember where we used to live in Granger County, across the park, we were living in apartments, across the parking lot was this lady who had cancer. Okay? And I, and I would go over and try to encourage her and keep her busy. And it came to the point in her life where she was so bad she knew she needed to start planning her funeral. And so I was over talking to her about it. And she's like, you know, I'm going to have um, this guy who um, was a big inspiration to me. And every time I needed tires, no question, he paid for them. So he's going to preach at my funeral. And I show up and it happened to be this Avery Turley guy who I served with his family. And I was like, man, you had such an impact on this, on this lady's life. And that's just, that's just amazing. And then a couple years passed, which, you know, a couple weeks ago he passed away. And I go to stand at the funeral. I like to go, they're doing a, just receiving their friends one night. And I get there and the line is wrapped around the building. And I stand in line for two hours just to, you know, to, get, to give my sympathy to him. And, you know, with two kids, I'm crazy like that. And I'm standing in line for two hours. And yeah, it was, it was rough, but I'm sitting there going, Man, this guy had an impact. Like this guy lived for something that mattered. Because like knowing that story of the woman that, that lived across from me, I could see he had a true impact on people's life because he lived free and fully alive. And let me tell you why. I finally, two hours later, get up to where I'm going to pass by the body and his family and his brother's there. And the guy in front of me, they were talking and he said, you know, he goes, this brother goes, it's the strangest thing. Like, he woke up yesterday and people asked him how he was doing. He goes, I've never been more at peace in my life than I am now. Like, he lived a life so free and fully alive, so living for what mattered most, that he was at peace even in death. And when I left there and I finally got through the line two hours later and I walked out, and I mean, it was pitch black outside. And I could see that the line was longer than when I got in it. Like the impact that this guy had like on my life just from his funeral. So apparently not only can cancer not, 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 you know, the circumstances of cancer not, you know, delay you from living a life that mattered and being focused on what really matters, but apparently death can either. So what's the excuse? I mean, this is, I read this past Thursday that 200 Bibles have been given in his name. That's 200 lives still reached and had an impact because he cared more about reaching people than himself. Like, that's amazing to me. Like, I, I hope I'm just a quarter of a man that he was that had a quarter of an impact he had. And I'm going to say this, and I know it's 
may rub you wrong, but God does not care about your circumstances. They have no hold on him. You know, we sung, we sung a song. I mean, I'm not, let me say this. I'm not saying that he doesn't care about the circumstances you're in. I'm just saying he doesn't care about it in the sense that they're not going to stop him from doing what he's going to do. If you just stepped out, like we sang a song a little bit ago. They're about to sing it again. Uh, you split the sea so I can walk right through them. Like he split the sea so that we could walk right through it. No matter what circumstances you face, he's going to give you a way out. But we just got to trust. You may be chained to that guard for a little while. But trust me, if you stay focused on the mission and the purpose and live a life that mattered for what mattered most, you're not going to notice that chain. Other people may see you working with that chain on and say, man, there's something about that guy, something about that girl that's different. He's, I mean, he has some, he has some strange, like, he's strange, dude. He's strange. Like, he's going through so much stuff in his life. But he's always focused this way, not down here where the chain is. May we live a life that way. May we really live a life worthy of the gospel. Something to live for. Y'all with me? Hey, listen, let's pray, and we'll get it rolling. Dude, God, I want to thank you so much for giving us an opportunity to be here in worship. God, and I almost want to thank you for being a God that no matter what circumstances we find ourselves in, you are there. No matter if we find ourselves in the jail of life, the prison of life, shackled to some things, you will come and set us free because we are the sons and the daughters of God. We may still be dragging around that chain a little bit, but if we live truly free and fully alive and live a life that mattered most. All those things that we thought were chains just disappear. It's your name and your renown. Your glory is what we're after. And I pray that we don't allow circumstances to, to hinder that. I pray that as, as we leave here, that we leave with a purpose and a mission and that is to serve you and to tell this world about you because I truly believe City Lots isn't just going to be contained here in Clinton because we all have stories of how God rescued us and saved us. And I just pray that there's somebody here that needs to know you, that needs to know the hope that is in you. Maybe over just the next few minutes, as they sing the refrain of this song, may, you, may, may they find freedom that is really in you. Pray all that's in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. We'd love to stay connected with you for the week. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at City Lights AC. Thanks again, and join us soon.